And I just think it's so interesting that the Lord gave us the vision on New Year's Eve, which he gave me what he wanted us to, what was going to be the vision for this year, probably last year uh, uh, sometime in September. And, you know, to a person, we don't have time for everybody to share. The Lord has been breathing new beginnings in so many people's lives uh, through the entire year. With, look, we're moving this year. Like, the Lord gave the, us the vision before we even knew we was moving. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but even outside of that, you know, people have had new promotions. People have gotten um, um, uh, new opportunities, moving to new homes. Uh, uh People have found a new church. <laughs> so it's been it's just been new beginnings all the way around. And people have gotten a new a new a new or second chance even in their lives. Uh even within the last three weeks, there's so many people that you heard Stella's story, but there's so many people we've uh through all this process, uh like your nephew that was in a coma, uh he's he's out of the hospital. The young man, um uh, you guys know Billy Hook. Uh, but he, uh, this young man had helped uh, my son with trying to sell our house. Uh, that's a whole nother story. Just yesterday, we got two offers. Like, while we was at the cookout. <laughs> we ain't had two offers, so, so they, they're battling, you know. Um, but uh guy was helping uh, my son move a couch out of the house. And uh, two hours later, I get a call from the EMS. And they said, uh, do you know this guy? I was like, yeah, yeah, I know him, but. Like, why are you calling me? He said, well, do you know if he has any medical conditions or is he going through anything mentally? He says, I'm with him here. He's unresponsive. So I was like, well, what's going on? What's going on? He says, well, I can't tell you. So I called the sister. Make long story short, this guy, they end up having to induce a coma. He, he went into a coma. He's in a coma for like a week and a half. So his sister, who that's a whole other story, had just within maybe within some eight or nine months had been uh, uh got free from being kidnapped for some years. She was missing for years. So we did a conference out there where we did an anniversary, we spoke an anniversary, so she showed up and she was telling us the story. Uh, so he had been looking for us, he, he, looking for her. He got on Facebook and put her picture all over Facebook. So when she got out, I'm skipping some things, the person that was helping her was looking for a family member. She could only remember her brother. And she says, oh my God, your picture's all over Facebook. I guess this is your brother. So he was used to help her. Well, he goes into the coma. She's there every day. She called us. And so we said, we'll pray for him. She said, listen, all y'all got to do, I know y'all, all, all y'all got to do is speak the word only, and I believe my brother be healed. So we spoke life into him. He's home now. He's home walking around now. Like, like a new beginning. I had a, a nephew that was in Virginia who uh, got bit by a tick. And uh, he, uh, he didn't, you know, he's young. He ain't really thinking of another 19 years old. He's a, a football player, a phenomenal football player. So he, a uh, month and a half later, he, he, he couldn't feel his feeling in his legs. Ended up in the hospital, couldn't walk. No, they couldn't get out the bed, couldn't do nothing. So we go up there, we pray for him, and, and, and the Lord had told us, I, I said, well, in a couple of days, you'll be fine. And we was driving, and the Lord said, on Tuesday, he'll be walking. On Tuesday, he was walking. He texted me on Wednesday. Now, he was walking on Tuesday. He wasn't able to get out the bed. He texted me on Wednesday. I could feel my legs. Now, 
Yeah, we may be casual with that. Lose the feeling in your legs and can't walk. And see if you'd be like, oh, I'll probably be walking by the end of the week. No. He didn't know if he would ever walk again. What are you walking around now? A new beginning, you know, a, a new beginning. Uh, you know, y'all know uh, the young man that's a member here at the church that was in a car accident last a couple weeks ago, a couple Sundays ago. Uh, and he, he had been in a coma the whole time. But uh, was it Wednesday? My wife is not here. But I think it was Wednesday when we got the text that eyes was open, giving thumbs up. So the thing is, and sometimes we could take things for granted, but, but, but God is always there. Like with the nephew, he was with two other people that, you know, you know, they OD, the other two died. So you could take some things for granted, but, 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 but God loves us, which we'll, we'll find out here. So I, I wanted to say that because God has just been breathing new beginnings at every level of life, you know, if we uh, submit ourselves to him. And so, so new beginnings requires a new mindset. If we can go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, some, some of the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the year, that's why the title is New Beginnings Remix. But sometimes you can, uh, and we constantly are talking about new beginnings. And, and um, uh, but sometimes, you know, you can go through a year and think God was just saying a casual word. Like it was just, or like pastor said it. <laughs> you know, he'd be like, I just a cliche that pastor said, but God gives us advanced information. Obviously, um, advanced information is trying to get some things to us. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17 reads this. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, what? Are become new. So, so, so God is all about us evolving. Uh, as uh, the Kellys who, who's, who were facilitating the day, have on their shirt, made new. <laughs> right? And they, they've gone through a new beginning in their life and uh and their transition. Um and, and the scripture says, uh, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So so God is trying to see, see, the new beginnings is there hovering. But sometimes it's hard for us to cross over into the new because we're so busy focusing, embracing, and magnifying the old. What has happened? What's, what's been done, it's hard for us to move forward, you know, it, because we don't want what happened to us to happen again. So a lot of times we put it on almost like lenses. Let me put on what's happened so I can make sure it don't happen. Well, no, it's actually going to happen because that's what you're looking at. You know what I'm saying? But you got to forget the things that are behind you and press forward to the things that are before, right? And so that's Romans 12 too. But I, but I want to read this passage for you. One of the, we have something in our church called Fast Week. Uh, as you look through the videos, you'll see some different people that were speaking with the Fast Week thing in the background. And during Fast Week, uh, we do it once a quarter. We fast. The entire church fasts for a week uh, from Monday to Sunday, uh, with the exception of uh, Labor Day is Tuesday to Sunday. But for, during that week, we have two services a night. I don't speak. So it's these people that's around you next to you uh, that are sharing uh, and it's powerful i mean the words that that people share is powerful uh so we might have like 40 something people minister throughout the course of a year uh but it's it's uh the lord came up with it definitely wasn't me uh some people are um wondering well how do you let so many people share 
behind a pulpit. Well, I don't. It's God. The Bible says, how is it that when you come into the house, everyone has a, a word or a doctrine or a gift or a song? And so uh, we need to hear what God is, is stirring up in people. You, you know, that's first, uh, first Corinthians uh, 14. But let's, let's look at Psalms. During this fast week, one of the uh, uh, members there, they're out of town, the Stacks, uh, Misty, uh, had a word for us. And she used this scripture, Psalm 71. Yeah, I just thought it just, uh, this is before, it, she didn't know what the vision was going to be this year. But Psalm 71, uh, and we'll start at verse 20. Psalm 71, verse 20. It says, Thou which has showed me great and sore troubles. That means I, I've, I, I've, I've experienced a lot of testing trials. It says, shall quicken me again. That word quicken means make alive. Shall make me alive again. So it looks like, even though it looks crazy, Maurice, this too shall pass, right? Even though it's been a lot of hurdles and heartaches, what God is saying, he's going to restore, make some things renew again. It says, and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. So all the things that I, it seems like is uh, you dear that's been weighing me down. Look, God can resurrect you from there. We talked about this resurrection Sunday. So wherever you are, when you've come to the end of yourself, God said, oh, 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 Terrence, Terrence, I can resurrect you from there. For wherever you are right now, as much as you've done, God is saying, I have a resurrection from there. But a lot of times we think based on the circumstances have a greater weight than God's ability to resurrect us. But Jesus already proved not even death can stop God's resurrection. Right? So that's what God is trying to do. So it says, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you up again, you know, new beginnings from the depths of the earth. Verse 21. It says, Thou, so it's like the psalmist was saying what I went through and then realized God can resurrect me from there. But when he got to verse 21, he like crossed over to a whole nother level of confession. He says, Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. So, see, so God is trying to do new beginnings. Uh, Isaiah 43:19 it says God's trying to do a new thing. He's always trying to do a new thing. Yeah, that's why when the, the scripture talks about the angels when that's in heaven when they kept going by the throne. So they were circling the throne. So they would go by and they would see God's glory and go, holy. That's the only thing that come out. It was so awesome. So in awe. Holy. But then when they came back around, they saw something even greater than the first time. Holy. Then they came back around again and be like, Holy, they just, holy, holy, holy. They weren't just saying holy just to be saying it. They were saying it because God just kept doing something new. See, if we keep moving, you'll see. Listen, it, we'll get a chance to share everything. But it's, 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 it's overtaken. It's, it, it overtakes you. Uh, you know, I, I just, that overtaken, remember that, because that's a peek into next year's vision, which God has already given us. Um, so, so, so our part, is a new and refreshed commitment. God's part is to send the newness in our lives. And so we talked about this earlier this year. We got to return to serving purpose. We've been serving circumstances. I'm not serving no circumstances. Yes, we are. When that's all we focus on, that's all we plan off, we live our life making sure it don't happen to us. We, we live our life making sure they don't uh, fail us again. We live our life making sure, I tell you what, I ain't going to be played. But what are you basing that on? What's, what's going to happen or what has happened? 
See, we live our life based on what people have said about us in the past. No one thinks I can do this. No one thinks I can do that. They said I wouldn't be good at this. No one believes in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We're not supposed to be living our life based on that. We got to refresh our commitment to God. We have to return to serving purpose. Not serving tradition. Not serving careers. Not serving ego. Serving purpose. The Bible says... And we were talking to one of the guys who was trying to make us an offer. He said his license plate is Romans 8.28. It says, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to and harmony with his purpose. So if we're playing off of his purpose, it, I don't care what's been done. It's got to work out for your good. But if we're playing off of the circumstances, cuz, it doesn't have to work out for your good. Right? I wasn't trying to be cool. That's my cousin right there. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to be cool. <laughs> right? I had a couple cousins in church. Right? Right? So, so it, it does work out for your good. But what are you playing off of? Like, are you playing off of the, 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 the failed ministry? And now you spend your whole life trying to prove it didn't mess up. Yes, it did. Not because you're messed up. Because that's not what God was trying to do. If you're playing off of, yeah, yeah, I can't wait till we go back to doing uh, this again, this second time. Okay, who's to say God ever wanted you to do that? Are we really resetting our commitment to hear from God and do what God has for, for us from this point on? Are we really, really setting ourselves to take the next best step from here? To really experience a new beginning. You can't bring the old and, and live in the new. Just like you can't drive a car looking through a rearview mirror. You're going to crash. Right? So, so, so God's trying to do something. He wants us to serve purpose. There's a return to living in vision and purpose. We got to get back to God dreaming. Ain't that right, Gregory? We got to get back to God dreaming. Right? A return to touching our dream daily. Something I try to inspire the church to do. Touch your dream daily. Touch God's will daily. See, a knower would touch their dream daily. That means they're going to live at the job. Some, you know, because you're helping somebody else vision at the job. You know that, right? But you got to be faithful in another man's first, right, to get your own. That's what it says in Luke 6. So, so that's cool. But while you're doing that, when you have your free time, I don't care if it's one hour a week. Have one hour a week and it's purpose time. It's vision time. It's, 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 just pray about it. Make a confession. Five minutes a day. So while you're, you're doing what you have to do, you're believing for what God has purposed you to do. While you're doing what you have to do, you're believing what God's purpose. See, there's no respect of age. I, I, I gave you the story of uh, uh, Colonel Sanders was 67 when they shut down his, his store that was on the, on the road. You know, back in the day on the gas station on the road, so people got to drive through. He wasn't making that much money anyway because people weren't just, the freeways wasn't like they are now. Well, when they shut it down, all he had was a recipe for chicken. He kept going to different places to try to sell it. And they kept denying him. Hundreds and hundreds of times. But why do we know about Colonel Sanders? Because now his, his, his chicken is legacy. It's transcended time. You know, my people from Newark understand it used to be, uh, uh, what was it? It used to be uh, Geno's and KFC's. You know, they, they remember? Is Hillside right there on Elizabeth Avenue, right? But, but KFC is still going strong. But guess when he, when he started that journey? He was 67. 
I gave you the story of uh, Cliff Young, who was 67, rolled up at a marathon in his overalls. He signed up and said, sir, what are you here for? Oh, I'm here to run the race. So all, you know, the runners, you know. Yeah, they, they, and he just rolled up in his overall. So what you here for, sir? Oh, well, I'm, I'm here to run the race. <laughs> okay. And then what, what they did was the race was 500 miles. No, no, not five. Not no 10Ks or nothing like 500. Not even a marathon, 26.2, right? 500. They ran for 18 hours, rested for six. Ran for 18, rested for six. And that will determine who won the record. Cliff Young in his overalls, he gets to run it nonstop. Never stopped. No hours. He wins the race. He wins the race, set a new record, changed the course of how they did the race. Now to this day, you gotta run nonstop. And and, and he also pinned something that no one the, the people didn't hear at that time. It's called the, the Cliff Young Shuffle. In his overall, he was 67. The, the next year, he runs a race around, I forgot, Philippines or wherever, but it was, a, it was almost a thousand miles. Listen, I'm an athlete. I still run hills, I still play basketball. Phil, you still hoop, don't you? You running 500 miles? Anybody in the building running 500 miles? 67. Now, I, I did a teaching where I went through one to a hundred, one to a hundred of people that were accomplishing major things, starting at 70, starting at 80, starting at 90, making impacts. See, new beginnings is no respect of age. There's always something in you that God's trying to pull out of you. New beginnings, right? I just, just thought I'd share that with you just in case. Some of y'all was like, oh, he talking to the young people. <laughs> no, I'm talking to everybody. Everybody, right? And see, so that's, why, that's, why, that's why the Bible so much, it emphasizes salvation so much. Salvation is a new beginning. Salvation ain't just deliverance. Salvation is wholeness. It's every aspect of your life. That's what the word means, whole, to be whole. So that means family, uh, new beginnings. That, that would be... Finance, new beginnings, healing, new beginnings. That would be, uh, I was in darkness and I need to be in the marvelous light, you know, to be born again. That's new beginnings. Because God is trying to uh, get us somewhere. So he's always trying to reset us, you know, but we're so stuck sometimes. You know, God's trying to re-trigger our imagination. See, once I commit, and if you look at this, let's say if you commit to a new vehicle. Uh, we could pick any vehicle. I just pick a uh, a Porsche Cayenne. I wonder why I picked that. All right, but, but I just, I just. So let's say, but once you pick it, you know, you see them all the time. Oh, you think they just came out of nowhere? As soon as you picked it, they everybody just start driving them out out of the dealership. No, no, no. They was already driving them. You just your mind wasn't committed to them. Once you set your mind to something, you see it everywhere. But it was there all the time. See, you, you, see, in our mind, we have our, in, in our soul, we have our mind, our emotions, our will, and our intellect, and guess what? Our imagination. Now, our imagination has been set for us to see what we can't see, to see where we're going. 
a lot of times the devil tries to use our imagination for nightmares and and when he tries to paint on it what's happened is going to happen again oh you remember when you messed up oh you're going to keep on messing up so when you go into the situation you'll see yourself ah, I don't know I'm about to mess up again I, oh well last time I, I was in this situation this happened see that's the adversary trying to uh, use your imagination against you because if you went, whatever you see you're going to be God is trying to paint your, your future on your imaginations he's trying to paint a picture of something that you have never seen and never done on the canvas of your imagination something you've never seen and you've never done how how did Cliff Young run the race? He had to see himself winning. How did Colonel Sanders deal with the rejection? He had to see himself getting a yes in the midst of the hundreds of no's. How did Thomas Edison create the light, light bulb out of failing a thousand times? He kept seeing on the canvas of his imagination a light bulb. Now, he ain't had no reference. There had never been a light bulb. How Leroy Beaver run a four-minute four mile? Nobody had ran four minutes. In, in high school, to make the team, we had to run a six-minute mile. I thought I was going to fall out. And didn't run as I ran 6.13 or something. Uh, the guy that y'all met that came out to visit from Jersey yesterday, Luce, he, he ran six. He probably ran under six. Luce was phenomenal. Right? I ran 6.13, and I, and I was ready to fall. Like, gone. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. Six minutes? It's impossible. And so every time I would hear about a mile, I'd be like, man, if you can run six minutes, you float. Four minutes? Right. Any athlete to tell you four minutes, but after he ran a four-minute mile, after he broke the matrix, like Marcus is going to break the matrix of employees, people run four-minute <laughs> four miles like it ain't nothing now. Like it ain't nothing. Why? Because they have a reference. So Leroy didn't have no reference. People thought he was crazy. Four minutes, man, you out your mind. See, that structure and that, 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 that huge corporation, Terrence, ain't nobody seen it yet. And, and, and even on the way, people are going to think, you lost your mind. But you got to gotta lock in on what God is showing you on the canvas of your imagination. So no matter what you hear, you're going to keep on moving. So, 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 so it's time for us to, it, it was uh, the Lord that gave us a vision. In two, we write a vision every year for our house. So since 1992, we always, at the end of the year, we would cast a vision for the year going forward. Because without vision, my people perish. So we're playing off of what God says for the year. So no matter what comes after us, good or bad, we're going, uh, how does that line up with what God says? But let's say we ain't heard from God. We're subject to do anything. Be all over the place. So God gave us at the end of 2009, for, the year, for year 2010, God said, by the end of the year, you'll be in Charlotte. I skipped some things. We had discovered Charlotte was the place God wanted to send us. We had never been in Charlotte. We, we had, actually, my cousin Karen out there is the only person we knew in Charlotte. But we had never been in Charlotte in our life. God picked Charlotte. So, so, I, so we had to begin with the end of mind. So we wrote the vision. I did some research. And I presented it to the pastor. Uh, and, you know, so he said he was in agreement at the time. Because he probably was thinking, yeah, I, I can be in agreement. Like, dude, you've been here for 18 years. You ain't going nowhere unless it's comfortable. And then he's probably thinking, like we thinking, how is that possible? No jobs, no houses in Charlotte, North Carolina. No nothing. Nothing on the market. Because we weren't thinking about that. 
I was I had the opportunity to preach in front of thousands. I was doing Bible study with Ohio State University football team for 12 years, Capital University for 12 years. That's how I met Isaac. He's running around here somewhere. Um, yeah, right there. Sorry about that. <laughs> right, that's how I met Cap, uh, him. So I, I have an audience with, I, I, I get to, when I preach, I just, I didn't, listen, all this stuff that we do, I ain't had to worry about none of it. All I do is come preach, finish preaching, and then leave. I'm good. Right? Have a ready-made audience. Go to the universities. Everybody knew me. I'm good. Basketball community knew me. Ministry community knew me. I'm comfortable. God says, we're going to Charlotte. Talk to one of the athletes, this young man. He played uh, in the NFL for years. So he said, you going where? I said, well, the Lord showed us we're going to Charlotte. He said, why? He said, why don't you start a church here? He said, you already got uh, an audience with Ohio State, you got all these people you know in the city, you know, you, it, it, basically he's, he's thinking you can start with a few hundred, easy. But I said, the Lord told us Charlotte. So now we're leaving a comfort zone. God was trying to do something new. How did we get to Charlotte? We had to see it. We were in agreement. My wife didn't go, uh, baby, I've been in Columbus all my life, Columbus, Ohio at the time. She said, you ask God again, you ain't hear him right. <laughs> She didn't say that. She was in agreement. Actually, y'all know the story. She came first. We did, you know, some things changed with our leader, and our leader kind of put us in a situation where he's like, well, I think y'all need to leave, leave sooner. I just said it that way. Uh, so I was like, sooner? Yeah, now I, I'm, I'm in panic mode, but I walked out. I said, well, just in case you hear some guy, I know some of y'all saying, you, no, you got played. I, didn't, I couldn't accept that at the time because I'm rolling. You know, I'm trying to, I can't be mad. I got to hear, I got to see. Right? So, so ask her. I said, just in case he hears from God, we have to leave sooner. My, my, my mom over there going, that wasn't no hear from God. But, <laughs> but these are the tell it like it is people, you know. You know how sometimes you be like, well, you know, let's just look at it, you know, the positive way. So I said, baby, we got to put some applications in Charlotte. She gets... After a while, she gets eight job offers. Wow. Eight. She could, uh, couldn't find a job in Columbus. And so I said, accept all of them. Because <laughs> we don't know. Look, look, we don't have no plans. We don't have no money. We don't know when we're leaving. I got a secure job. Our house wasn't on the market. So I was like, just accept all of them. So if, if, if we're not leaving by the first one, then we go to the second one. We're not leaving by that. Well, the first one is the one that we end up taking. So she ends up in Charlotte. Nobody knows. The church don't even know. The pastor wouldn't let us tell nobody. So she's in Charlotte, which that's rare, by herself. We got a job. We got a job on the same block. We got an apartment on the same block that the, uh, the job was on. So I said, just go up and down the street to eat, to shop, and everything. But what I'm saying is, how is she going out? Listen, my wife ain't good when y'all know we roll together. My wife ain't going no no place without me. It would have made more sense for me to go because her family is is right there. But God, the way God did it, He sent her out. Right? See, you said, how does this stuff like that happen? You got to see beyond the normal. It's not, no, not like we're going, yeah, but we about to roll to Charlotte. No, it, no, it wasn't like that. It was like, and we had some conversations, well, I'm going out there first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Easy for you to say. You know, we're like we had, you know, we had to work through it because you're going to panic sometimes when you're doing something that hasn't happened before. Right? right? Because 
the uncertainty is intimidating. But you got to know that you know that you know God loves you. And make a long story short, we here, right? I mean, I mean, we here. I, <laughs> but it was, just, it was just, just me and that lovely woman right there. You know, so, 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 see, God is a God of new beginnings. He's a God of second chance, chances. He's a God of restoration, reconciliation, and restitution. And, and you notice because he's given us this human gene that we have. What he infused in us. Now, we're, we're all super because we were made by God. But what makes us human is something he gave us called choice. In Deuteronomy 30, I said before, before you, life and death, blessings and choices. Blessings and curses. He says, choose life. Well, he gave us choice so we can begin again. And begin again. So, when it, so, so what he did was he... He, he says, okay, I'm going to give them choice, but I got to trust that they're going to choose to do what I want them to do. I can't force them. And, and we know this at the church. Anybody that knows us, like, I've met people here. Um, I ain't even talking about the church. I was balling with them for years. I ain't even talking about the church. Told them later. Actually, we was balling for like three years, right, before you finally woke up, came to the church. No, but, but, but did I, like, pressure you? Like, oh, so, you say, he said, you're not helping, man. You, you're not helping. See, see, you ain't right. I didn't pressure, <laughs> right? But but there's different people, and I was I was telling uh, DJ, who's a musician, I was like, well, you know, if you decide to come to church, just come and see if it's your fit. As opposed to you, you play the bass. Uh, so what you need to do, man? You need to come here. I didn't do that, did I? You know, I said because if, if if a person in their heart believes this is their house they're supposed to be in, because they everybody's gonna go through tests, challenges, pressure, and stuff like that. Guess what? They're gonna handle everything that that, that comes at them because they know this is th that where they're supposed to be. But let's say if we pressured them, when they start going through tests, you know what they're gonna be like? Well, you don't want to ask me to come here in the first place. <laughs> I'm doing you a favor, brother, helping to populate your ministry, <laughs> which is not ours; it's God's. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so the thing is, God gave us choice because if we were forced to serve God, soon as we start going through the tests and trials, that some of y'all dealing with this week, what you gonna do? Well, God, hold on, 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 God, bring Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We are gonna have a conversation. I'm doing y'all a favor. I'm going to church. I'm serving. You know, I mean, I'm looking out for you. I tell, told people about you, quoted a couple scriptures. Why am I dealing with any of this mess? Why am I dealing with this? Right? What, what would you do? You would almost like get on God like he tripping. I've seen it. Right? You, you would get on God like he tripping. But when you make a choice for God, what happens? When the, when the tests and trials come, you handle them better. You know that, hey, I, I committed to something. I'm going to commit till I see it manifest, right? You don't flip or trip, right, or try to get around the things that happen to you. So, so that's why God set things up. And then now God has to be faithful. He got to trust even when it gets crazy, you ain't going to give up. He's, he, he's trusting you with a piece of his vision. With a piece of his purpose. He's trusting that you do your part. You were sitting this earth fearfully and wonderfully made. He knew you before you was in the womb. He's trusting you to carry out his plan. And he don't get in the way. Even when it look crazy. 
Even when it looked like, oh man, they look like they're about to give up. He's still hanging in there. And, and then he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you my faith. I'm going to add to you the ability to replenish, be fruitful, and multiply. Replenish. That's a new beginning. Right? He's, he's added to us the opportunity to do those things, to, to renew, to repent. He's given us those choices because he's a God of new, new beginning. So what he said in his infinite wisdom, he says, I'm going to create a contingency to their possibility of failure, fear, and fault. They're going to have some faults, they're going to have some fears, and they're going to have some failures. My contingency is the opportunity to repent, to begin again, the opportunity for second chance, to, to, to grab hold of Christ again, and for all those old mistakes, failures, faults, and fears to pass away, and for everything to become new. But what happens is the very thing that God has given us to begin again, to have a new beginning, we've been running from. We've been running from Christ. We've been running from committing to Christ. We keep taking on the things of the world. Listen, the things of the world keep you comfortable in the world. You can't, be, you can't begin again because you can't even see newness. You can't even see what God is doing because all you can see is what exists. And the more you eat of the world, all you're going to see is the circumstances. All you're going to see is what's happened. You got to eat of the word and eat of God to start to see beyond your circumstance. So, and, and, and churches... Not all churches, but a lot of churches have messed things up because they've fed religion. Religion and tradition is the same thing. Religion and tradition just shows you what has happened and what can have been. And what you do is you get an emotional sermon, make you feel good in the moment, but doesn't inspire you to see beyond the, the, the scene. It doesn't respond you to see the impossibilities. So God has given us this ability to convert some things. So what he's placed in us is a seed of change, right? I'm going to give you this and then we're going to close out. He's placed in us the seed of change. New, it's, it's the new beginning gene. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, but he's placed it inside the heaven realm so you have to access it in heaven from earth. You have to use your faith to access it in heaven from earth. So we know the scripture in Matthew 16, it says for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. So, so what it is, when you take this measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, that's been put in you, you take the measure of faith and you take it and you plug it into the heaven realm and pull things into the earth realm. You pull uh, impossible into the possible. But see, you're not going to have no faith if you don't have no word. Romans 10, 17. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you're not going to, you, so your faith is just going to sit there dormant because it needs word to activate it, to get things going. And then once you keep that faith, you're looking through faith lenses, it has you reaching for heaven on earth. Matthew 16, for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. So God has given us this ability for change for us to turn the, in the, the impossibilities into possible. That's what he's been trying to do the whole time. Like we keep magnifying the, the uh, impossible as opposed to taking a picture and pulling the possibilities in there. How do you, how do, how do you think all this stuff is happening? Like, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be 57 here in a, what, next week? This week? This week. Whenever August 2nd is. Alright. Uh, our birthday. Right, so so through the 57 years, listen, I, 
I remember the phones with the cords. And, you know, I grew up with, uh, uh, with foster parents, and so you couldn't use the phone. So, we, you know, we kids, we sneaking to use it. But now, these days, you can sneak and use the phone easy. You can go anywhere and use the phone. No, no, not us. I had to, they had the phone, and the phone was like, like in a, facing the hallway. And so they were, the people that, that raised me, they were older. So he, uh, the, the, the father, he, uh, we call him Grandpa, he would sit in a, in a recliner right where the hallway was. <laughs> so you could see the phone. So I would wait till he'd like read his Bible or go into a nod, sneak the phone, pull the phone in the hallway, try to stretch the phone all the way to the bathroom, and the court was barely getting there just to, just to try to talk on the phone. Then they came up with these new things called phone locks. Yes. Where you couldn't dial. They put the lock on the, you know, because you had the rotary. Put the lock on there, you couldn't dial. So we couldn't use the phone. Then they came up with push-button phones. You know, you, you could put a lock on a push-button phone. What I'm saying is, now, let's say if somebody got locked up or something back in my day, and they just got out, they're going to think, oh, we all crazy. Because we all walk around talking, and they'll be like, Man, it's a bunch of people that the world are gone mad. Everybody talking to themselves. No, we talking on the phone to our earpieces and different things like that. We got headphones. Everything's wireless. You know, then if you start speaking and stuff, oh, these people really don't go mad. They talking to phones and cars. I, I went over Jimmy's house. He started talking to the house. All these people don't lost their mind now. But now you can actually speak to things. And guess what? And they move. Right? Voice activation. Well, that's Genesis 1. God spoke the world into existence. When you first read that scripture, when I was younger, like, I wonder how that was possible. But it's happening all the time now. Amen. Voice activation. Based on 26 syllables and 40 voice patterns. You speak, it recognizes, it hears sound, and it moves. Also, why is it so far-fetched that the world heard sounds and the sky moves, the water moves, the trees start moving, the fish start swimming. Why is it so far? We're doing it all the time now. You have you asked yourself, how do you speak to your car and it turns on? Those that have can speak to, I don't speak to my car and it turns on. <laughs> I've seen people that speak to their car and it turns on. I ain't at that level yet. <laughs> right? Or go in the house, lights. And they turn on. Or you start talking and the computer types up what you're saying. Your phones type up what you're saying. Voice activated? What I'm saying is, look, things are new. Things are new. Like right now, I have room in my pants to, 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 to walk and stuff. But when I was in, the, in, the, in the high school, my pants probably would be like this. It was very little room. I know they wearing stuff like that. Well, no, they, they took it to another level. Now it's almost like... Uh, Tights now. We, we ain't had tights. We just had straight legs. They weren't tights. They felt like tights. That's why you will never see me wearing some of the stuff they wear now. But y'all can wear it. I mean, it's y'all generation. I, you know, I wore it in high school. Y'all think it's new, but it's not. <laughs> it's old. All right, but what I'm saying, uh, and, and actually, uh, I, I still got a little width on my tie. Ties are skinnier now. That's old. I can show you my yearbook picture, and I had a skinny tie. And so, so that's why I'm not wearing skinny ties, because t 
to me, that's the going backwards. <laughs> but y'all go ahead because it's new to you. Right, that's good. It ain't new to me. So crack if you want to. I feel like I'm going back in time if I wear some of the stuff that y'all wear. <laughs> but you, you, you see how but things have evolved. Think, I mean, uh, everything has evolved. You can get in your car, push a button, and the car come on. Never could you do that coming up. Sometimes you had to pump that gas a couple times to get, get the gas flowing and then turn it. Yeah, you know, you. There's, there's some of us used to flood the engine. We pumped it too much. See, some, some people, you know, little nephew back there, just is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, pump, flood the engine? What, what is that? What I'm saying is things have evolved. So, so, so God needs us for things to continue to evolve. He needs us to make those impossibilities possible. He needs us to, he needs us to turn deserts into wells. Make the crooked way straight again. You know, um, sickness and the health. What he's been doing in the last few months. Death and the life. He needs us to operate in the ability to forge new beginnings. Right? That's his, he gave us the vision for a reason. God has spoken it. If you've embraced it, and I'm not talking about two people. Like, we're overwhelmed with all that we hear about people dealing with new beginnings. So if you really think about that, cuz, it's just a new beginning. It's supposed to be uncomfortable because you're leaving a comfort zone. It's going to start out seeming like a desert. Oh, but it's about to be a promised land up in this piece. Right? Because we came here, listen, we stayed in the apartment. We hadn't stayed in the apartment in 17 years. It, it was like a whole, I took a part-time job doing loss prevention. I, I, I have a resume. Like, like, I mean, I know I'm a pastor, but I do have a resume. I, I got skill set. Like, I mean, I, no, for real. Like, no, seriously. Take, take my word for it. Right? So, so I was doing loss prevention. At Ross stores, just standing there, like, like you know, like, I, I had to like stimulate myself. So I found everything that people was hiding to come back and steal. <laughs> That's that. That was the course, the course of my day. So they looked. They were talking to me like, "You one of the good ones." <laughs> Felt like McDowell's, you know, like, <laughs> like you one of the good ones. We're, 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 we're going to take you to another level. You're going to, I'm like, I'm not really trying to go to another level of loss prevention. I'm here to pastor a church. But I wasn't pastor. We ain't had no church. I'm, I'm doing loss prevention. You know, like, busting folk. Yo, my man. Yo, come on, bro. Seriously? Come on, get that back. That's <laughs> nah, cool, cool. I won't get you arrested, but come on, man. You ain't even a good thief. Yeah. Like, I saw you. Like, it was easy. Dude would go in, lead the gym. Sometimes, you know, I want to just go, hey, my man, don't waste your day coming back to pick up those jeans that you left in the, in the, in the uh, dressing room. I removed them. Just that, don't worry about it. And that stuff that you hid in the other aisle, I removed that too. So, man, hey, hey, pick another store. This is my day. And I, 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 and, and I didn't realize I, I had a, a, a challenge with one of my discs, so I had to end up having a bulging disc because I was standing all day. So that didn't look like we about to start a church. That looked like I'm doing loss prevention up in this piece. <laughs> I'm making like barely making any money. 
standing here talking to my the people I play ball with about Jesus, and they coming and going, yeah, right. This dude's doing loss prevention at Ross stores. I had the black suit on with the little vest. <laughs> Go to Ross stores now. You'll see them people. <laughs> so it didn't look like it, did it? Right? So it was a transition. That's good. Well, look at God. Amen. <laughs> look at God. He know what he's doing, man. We just got to trust him. Stand to your feet. That's all. Because I know we got to go somewhere. 